People like games. Present. Be at some point in the day show with Solo. What is up, folks? And welcome back for another week of the At Some Point in the Day show. Today is Monday, January 27th, and we will be talking about the Activision Blizzard decision to sign an exclusivity deal with YouTube. However, it is a somber episode for everyone's probably aware that Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, as well as seven other passengers, I believe, were killed in a helicopter accident yesterday um, in the afternoon in Los Angeles. And uh, it hit very deeply because growing up and for even into now, Kobe Bryant was my favorite player, was an inspiration, was someone I looked up to and defended in jokes with friends. And when it was time to play NBA 2K, it was pick the Lakers, give Kobe the ball and don't pass. And people, my friends associated my fandomship and Kobe in basketball and with me and it, with him passing, it's one of those weird things too with celebrities or people, prominent athletes have passed away and we feel like we're grieving to a certain degree and I think that comes from as well what we feel has been lost because it was a formative part of my life watching him and you know and when I was 11 years old it stayed up late to watch the Lakers versus the 76ers and the AI Kobe finals and 2008 and 9 10 I was in Boston during those series rooting for Kobe amongst the Boston diehards and the randomness only adds to it. It felt like he would live forever, but uh, it's an important lesson that we should always value every day because you don't know how many more you have. And, you know, always be sure to be kind and be loving because what else is there? Life goes quick, life comes quick. So why not today if you are thinking about making that potentially positive decision? And the best thing to do to honor his legacy is hit it with a mambo mentality and, and keep going even when things are difficult. And so that's how we're going to roll. It'll be shorter than usual probably because I still don't want to record. However, we get through it and that we shall. And to get things back to the normal clip, put an unnecessary pause and before we do that, because you know it's time to get some plugs in. The socials, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Our handle is at People Like Games. The website where you can find women and men's merchandise and apparel, as well as info about our events upcoming February 28th in Long Island. But that website is plg.gg. And now, without much further ado, let us get into a little bit of showtime. And so. First up, let us start with Atari, who went from redeveloping their retro console to then trying to launch a Bitcoin to now apparently trying a new angle, which is to make themed hotels, uh, beginning in eight different cities, Austin, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas, Nevada, San Francisco, California, San Jose, and Seattle. It is basically a hard rock for the youths because I suppose that's for boomers. And so how this company still has money to be able to continually come up with asinine ideas beyond me. However, I'm sure the name itself is just a valuable commodity enough to be able to try sampling some of these ideas. 
Maybe I'll find out one day, maybe I won't, who knows? But now let's slide over to actually a very interesting article and uh, story, which was that Torchlight successor, um, Torchlight Frontiers will not be free to play as originally planned. Uh, that is because during the alpha testing of the game, a, a lot of the users, which was this is a company statement, um, over the past year, we have gathered a massive amounts of feedback from our alpha testers. After reviewing this feedback, discussing with our internal teams and receiving guidance from our publisher, we determined that this is the best course for the game. Uh, this helps bring Torchlight back to its roots and makes it the true sequel to Torchlight 1 and 2. Pretty cool to see because a while back, Leo and I had discussed a lot of questions related to gaming that we would find interesting. And one of the questions were, were there any cases of this exactly, which was user and community feedback affecting directly de development aspects or portions of a game for it to go so far as to affect the entire business model a game is being founded on. Pretty cool. Pretty, 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 pretty cool. Anyway, let us round out real quick with these last two. Jeff Kaplan was recently quoted saying that he does not believe hero bands are fit for Overwatch. And as he said, um, which is one of the more curious quotes that I read, uh, which was, was, what was the exact wording? Um, more or less the argument boils down to the fact that just, just because there were similar problems in previous games that had fixes applied, that doesn't, and even though they have striking similarities to what problems Overwatch is facing, apparently none of those solutions are going to solve the issues they're having because why try, why bother? This was in a forum reply because obviously that's how Jeff rolls. However, Overwatch really needs to kick it up into gear because it's not doing too well. And lastly, Washington State going to look at legislation that aims to carve out an exception for games in a gambling law and aims to protect gaming industry from lawsuits if games don't let users cash out. More or less, the gold mine of gaming is going to be found to a degree in esports. And so even when we talk about viewership numbers lagging right now, why is NFL so big? The answer is really goddamn simple. Gambling. People gamble on it. And they drink, and then they gamble on it. And so once that generation moves into the next phase and gambling infrastructure and system and leagues are implemented, then we'll start seeing esports popularity, maybe not even tied necessarily to the games itself, but to the fact that gambling occurs on it. And that may just build in a lot of popularity itself. And so we shall see. I'm going to, you know, of course, follow up on all of these stories. I think I might need a better format for these early stories feels like there's a better way to touch on the relevance of them if you have any suggestions let me know because i'm open otherwise if i start experimenting with how these early couple of minutes go forgive me if it's not one of your favorite versions but there's no sounding board be my sounding board shoot me a message be like you're that one sucked or you're that one was decent and then we can go from there anyway let us hit the main topic now because it is oh yeah sound effect. 
we out here. Our main topic for the day is going to be Activision Blizzard signing an exclusivity deal with YouTube Gaming to stream the Overwatch League, Call of Duty League, Hearthstone, and their other uh, esports titles. What is very curious is that the information dropped just a few hours prior to the launch of the Call of Duty League, which actually just had its inaugural weekend this past weekend. And what's really interesting about that was as someone who obviously hosts a show talking about gaming, even I had a little difficulty leading up to the last couple of hours of the league start as to where I would be able to find it. And obviously it's really big news because if you are not familiar, for the past two years, Twitch actually has had an exclusive on uh, Overwatch broadcast rights. And so they paid $90 million and I believe, I guess it's 2018 now because 2020 they switched over. And so maybe it's three years, maybe it was 2017 this time, but it was a two, three year exclusivity deal for about 90 mil. Probably two years because I remember 45 mil being the right number. But 90 mil down the drain, didn't really get a lot from it. And with the way the exclusivity, excuse me, the way the streaming exclusivity signings are occurring with YouTube snagging a lot of big personalities and Twitch losing Ninja on top of it. It is sort of dangerous for them to be in a position that they were sort of omnipresent two years ago, three years ago, where it was just like if it was Twitch or nothing and YouTube gaming was there and it existed, but it didn't really have the life that it currently has. And then you had Facebook gaming, which just sort of developed its own portal in the past year and sort of gaming network in the past year. And even though they signed a few names, that's more dollar push. Uh, And Caffeine, which has a lot of money behind it and they're sort of working. They signed a few people, they get a little bit going, but it was just Twitch and nothing. And now it has become a much more level playing field. Obviously it's great because competition is wonderful, but YouTube's not a new name, but YouTube is the major source of video still watching. And so to see that pretty cool only because it happened so uh, out of the uh, blue. I had seen the stock number for Activision Blizzard ticking up. It hit a 52 week high, like just a couple of days before the announcement. And so when it was made, I was like, oh, that's how that happened. Now, or that's why that was happening. So that makes sense. But as to a larger degree, I think what this does is open up the international market for giving you an actual analysis because where Twitch is very powerful, its arms don't really reach because even with this one, let's be honest, uh, the deal is exclusive for everywhere except for China because China is going to I'm sure Activision Blizzard is negotiating with Huya right now to get their ex- licensing. Huya is going to be basically the Chinese of Tencent invested in version of Twitch. And so once they become big, they'll be the main providers of the content there, the main channel through which people watch it. So the larger European market, which is gigantic with CSGO and CSGO is monster numbers year in, year out and continually is one of the most sort of interacted with and grassroots sort of community pushed versions of an esports uh, league and system rather than even an individual league, but just sort of community and system. Comparing that to some of these others, it is becoming a little bit uh, different because of their basis and uh, (coughs) popularity in Europe. And so if China is just a means of access with League of Legends already huge there, for them to access it through the channel of which I just said, Huya. And then for now, if you have a US market that is Overwatch friendly, with all majority of your teams based here, your bet 
best bet for the next market would be to then go to Europe because they don't really have sway in Europe. So to lock down that market would be good for them as well. And Twitch wasn't really offering that. I think I'd mentioned it a couple of months ago in our previous show about how Twitch felt top heavy with only about 10 people and no real viable system underneath it. And now lacking a league such as Overwatch in any sort of exclusive content that is a draw to a degree, not to a draw is a, a wrong phrase, but to be mostly in the news for your PR rather than what you're doing well, not the greatest. So all in all, I suppose this ran longer than expected because Mamba mentality, we're out here. Back at it again. That's all I got. I'm going to be much more eloquent and able to string together my thoughts tomorrow. Um, going to discuss the ESL Pro League format that was released. So going to start announcing some of these episodes the day before. February 28th. I guess I'm just going to finish this shit out with some plugs then now. February 28th, like I said, event. Actually, no. Fuck it. I'm not plugging. I'm out. I'm done. I'll see you folks tomorrow. Thank you again. And lastly, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Mamba. Kobe.